probably just dive straight in because we've got a lot happening this week okay um so week in review yes for me uh so i'm feeling extremely emotional at the moment um which the reason for that will come more clear later on in the episode when we cover our extracurricular activities oh okay okay but I am feeling quite emotional. I had a little cry earlier. Oh my god! Um, and and I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> um, but so just bear with me. Yeah. Uh, week in review for me, it was personally like a funny week because it was Thanksgiving and it felt like things were quite rushed. <laughs> and there was like Wednesday night had like I don't know like eleven games or something crazy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like I couldn't. I felt a bit like whoa. Like I was running around chasing my own tail half the week trying to keep up with things um but there were a few things that stood out to me um i'm guessing we're probably gonna overlap here with highlights but yeah that's part of the part of the fun um miami beats boston yes beautiful loved it fantastic super excited about that really surprising yes yeah wonderful i mean i didn't even think to look at the game really because I was like oh this is going to be one of those you know blowout numbers Miami Eric my Miami perpetual Eric. dark horse my goodness can <laughs> we just take a minute to acknowledge the greatness yeah yeah um so yeah that was a wonderful moment for me I really um loved it I mean unfortunately because I was trying to watch so many games I had to watch highlights of that one which I regret now um but it just looked to me as though they just played so much better than Boston. Yeah. Like, I kind of was like, maybe Boston had an off night or maybe they had injuries or something because it looked like something like that happened for this result. But then they had all the players. Oh, sorry. Uh, Because I said Hassan Whiteside was underrated. You did. Yes, you did. (laughs) Maybe that just gave gave him a little boost Mm -hmm. from afar. Dude, I honestly feel like we have... A weird effect on things. A, a superpower. <laughs> yeah. Superpower. Yeah. Like a weird superpower <laughs> that we're not really 100% sure about or half the time. Uh, and a couple of other things that stood out to me. I'll just like rush through them real quick. Um, Toronto, again, losing a lot. Wonderful. I think this is also partly why I'm, why I'm in my feelings because it was a shitty week to be a Raptors fan this week. Oh. Um, like I mentioned in my games that I was looking forward to last week. That I was looking forward to the raps in the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. Right. Um, oh my God. Yeah. That was embarrassing. Really not good. <laughs> Everything is, is, yeah, still continues to be like topsy turvy. Topsy fucking turvy. Yeah. Yeah. Just nuts. Another wonderful highlight for me was the Thunder beating the Warriors. Oh my God. Mm-mm-mm. I didn't expect that mm-hmm. either. I almost mm-hmm. didn't watch it. 
yeah, it was phenomenal. Like, I mean, we can go into that in a little bit more detail if you want later. But uh, my other last two highlights, uh, Jimmy Butler's face when Bridget Jackson was trolling him at the free throw line. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, I think that was probably one of my favorite moments of the week. Um, I just had to watch that over and over and It was over a bit again. like the look um, LeBron gave Lance Stevenson when he blew in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was similar. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was probably one of my favorite moments of the week. Um, yeah. It actually happened last Sunday while we were recording our episode last Sunday. So we missed it. And it's actually more than a week ago, but like... You know, I'm still going to put it in It's there. okay. No, who's who's counting the days? And then also, um, you know, you were looking forward to the Kings and the Lakers last week, I remember. And what a game that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, it's the, it's the magic power. It's because, uh, you know, we adopted... I still haven't chosen my East Coast mm. bad team. It's almost too late now, babe. I know, I know. But uh, I kind of want it to be the Hornets. Anyway, I don't know if... I think they're not bad enough. Um, but yeah, and the Mavs. Your the underdog team yes. at the Western Conference yes. just beat OKC. Talk about superpowers. Yes, my goodness. That Which was... is also depressing because it was like, oh, OKC, like they've gotten their shit together and they beat the Warriors and that was just like... yeah. So fun to watch, um, but then they just lost to the Mavs. Crazy. Yeah. No one could have ever expected that. No, it's just, it's a, it's a topsy-turvy world that we live in yeah. right now, and, um, you know, no one really knows what's going to happen. Pure chaos. Day-to-day. It's a day-to-day drama, really. Um, okay, so what do I have? Uh, what stands out to me at the moment was, is... You know, my two favorite players have been out for the whole season, right? So Kawhi and Isaiah. Mm. And then last week we did this thing and I, I discovered all these like Kemba Walker fanatics. Mm. And then I started to become one a little bit. I was just trying it out. And then and then like he, I think he's going to be fine, but he got hurt last night. It was like the war, I was watching um, them play the Spurs. It was terrible. And... Uh, and then he was injured, and he looked, like, quite seriously injured. So that made me a little sad. Mm. Um, Do you have any news on what's going to happen th- with him? I think he's okay. Uh, it, he was, like, you know, lying on the floor, writhing Oof. around. And um, his, shoulder, it's, his shoulder was injured. But I guess he is going to keep playing. So it wasn't, like, a tragedy. I thought it was going to be, like, a big deal. So this isn't much of a story. Just it's just very present in my mind because I've been like listening to those yeah. ridiculous Kemba Walker songs You're all attached. week. Yeah, and mm. watching his like college highlights and stuff. Oh, darling, you're yeah. right in there. You're deep in there. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. I get I get a little obsessed with people. So, um, what else stands out? Steph Curry's in you know, some weird shooting slump. Um, I love it. It's really strange. <laughs> it's very odd uh yeah and so I watched also the Pelicans and the Warriors last night and Mm. um I was thinking about Zaza that that like I always feel nervous 
when he's on the floor because I feel like he might hurt somebody. And so when they were playing um, the 76ers, I was just like terrified that he was going to re-injure and beat or something. Ben Simmons or something. (laughs) He's such an asshole. Yeah, he's such a a sinister person. So. Um, and then he clearly like really threw Boogie Cousins off because he had like the worst game he's uh, probably the worst game he's had all season. You know, he consistently shoots incredibly well, and mm. I think he got like 16 points, which for a normal player is really good. But mm. for him, it's like you know a mm. third a half of his like normal productivity. How did he do that? How did he throw him off? What was he doing? I think I don't know if like he you know, gets in his head or if, you know, maybe Boogie's actually like, I don't want to get injured by this creep. Mm. But anyway, it made me think a lot about like the effect of Zaza because you always think about the Warriors, they have like the three best shooters in the league or something, which already seems just like too much. And then there's Zaza Mm. who's just adds this other dimension that's kind of under the radar, but that's actually just like, you just feel like he really and truly might hurt somebody. Yeah. And I read this article, I guess last week, about um, Nurkic and the Trailblazers. And he was talking about playing in Europe because he's Bosnian. And he he was like, you know, we used to set Zaza screens, which means like screen, which means somebody's going to get hurt. Like there's just actually amongst mm-hmm. players, there's like oh a gosh. known thing which is a Zaza screen which oh, means like you're really, gonna hurt somebody. That's really depressing. Anyway I thought like someone should create one of these advanced stats just for Zaza yeah. which would be like you know um I wonder if there's something what like is the factor the Zaza factor on the floor just for this one player like when he's on the floor how does it <laughs> like impact the whole game anyway uh those are my thoughts on on Zaza that was that was a pretty I mean, that was not a bad game. It was at least like a contest. Um, and then another thing. Oh, did, have you? Okay, so Tristan Thompson, I read, might get traded for DeAndre Jordan. And I think like, um, I, I feel like people just can say anything about trades. Like you just re- think of like the craziest thing you can think of and someone will have written an article mm. saying like this might happen mm-hmm. then again like really crazy things do happen but um i had just been thinking recently that they should get rid of tristan thompson <laughs> because i actually believe in the kardashian curse mm-hmm. and uh you know i just feel like it just brings this like air of stupidity that's very unhelpful into any I mean, situation LeBron, lebron has said that publicly yeah, yeah. He hates it. He hates the fact that he's dating her. And, and she's, like, not allowed to come anywhere near the team and stuff like that. Which is great. But then I guess, like, the, the their show went to their, like, gym where they work out. Went to, anyway, mm-hmm. it's just, like, kind of a bad... It's bad. It's bad, bad energy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Plus, I mean, this is... But, you know, he had, he had like, a baby with this other woman. Maybe she's terrible in her own way. But she's, like, so beautiful. And um, I think he left her when she was pregnant for Mm -hmm. Khloe Kardashian. So, yeah, I believe in that curse, but also more evidence for that curse. Well, James Harden dated her and said that, like, he got way better once they um, broke up, split up. But also, you notice the Clippers have gone way downhill. And Blake Griffin is dating that. Yeah, Yeah. which is also just I, I sort of always thought of him as like a smart 
But Kendall, know. though, come on, man. Like, it's like, it's Kendall. I would date Kendall, and I'm a straight woman. I'm sorry. I think, okay, she's very pretty, at least. I believe in the curse. I believe in the curse. I think I think having reality TV stars date your NBA players is never a good idea. Bad idea, bad idea. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to try to comment on their personalities. Okay, okay, okay. I, <laughs> I'm still... It was the it was the whole Pepsi commercial scandal. Mm. I have to agree. Mm. I mean, I just really was like, wow, that was bad. You got to be just like that was so bad. checked out, so profoundly checked out. Yeah, to no, one hundred percent. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, like, to be like those in, girls are very much on another planet, and like they're, you know, not necessarily very nice people, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tricky. Dwight Howard, who, like, I've been kind of happy for, because he seems very happy in the Hornets and kind of cheerful. Yeah, he does. Doesn't he just seem kind of, like, revived? And no, he's, he's, I love him on the Hornets. I know. It's awesome. And, like, people were sort of writing him off as being, like, a washed-up player. Yeah. Like, past his prime and all this kind of shit, which, um, you know, he is kind of. Can we also just quickly say that when I look at him as a person in the world physically, he is probably one of the most evolved human beings physically, wouldn't you say? Like his body is like I you know, once I checked a few years believable. ago. There actually I just wanted to see if this existed. There was a website that was just called like Dwight HowardShoulders.com. I mean it's long, long defunct. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but I think his shoulders are like three feet across. Or- it's Maybe Stunning. more. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. He's very like he very is special. a physical. Like he's just you. Like he's evolution at its best. I think if you he's, look at Dwight Howard's body, it's like evolution at its peak. You know, he's very special. It's insane. Like I just yeah no, I'm with you on that. I love watching him on the Hornets. It's like really yeah, it's nice. Quite, it's he's, lovely. He's like he works. He's he meshes relaxed. with Kemba. He's playing really well. He's getting like 16 rebounds a game. Yeah. Something insane. And... He still gets a lot of emotions. He gets like into, yeah yeah like, yeah little you know kerfuffles here yeah. and there. I think it, you know, but I like that about him. <laughs> it'd be hard. It'd be hard not to. Yeah, with shoulders like that. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so he did this this thing, his obscene gesture, and I uh, I had to check to see like what fine um, Kyrie got for telling a fan like suck my dick, right? Which so he got twenty five thousand dollar fine. Uh-huh. Dwight Howard got um, thirty five thousand dollar fine for the whatever like universal Middle vagina finger. symbol. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> he did like the. Universal sign for, right, I guess, right, right, for cuddling. Right, right, right. I don't really know, like, what it was supposed to mean or who it was directed at. But that's but essentially a feminist that sign. The v, the v sign is a $10,000 more expensive than but the dick does it sign. But does it not also have to do with who you are? I don't know. I'm just going to go, because, I'm, because this is my theory, I'm just going to go with the... Female genital obscenity is just a more expensive. It's more expensive. It's just more expensive. It's elite. It's elite. It's elite, yeah. Um, okay. I've also thought of that symbol as being quite a feminist Because <laughs> it's like, you know, if you're like um, promoting oral sex, 
He may have been doing that. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of like not intended, but I always, when people do it to me, I choose to see it as promotion. Like they're promoting oral sex. And I'm like, yes, I'm for that. Should we go to Dark Horse of the Week? Yes. For me, it has to be Miami. Okay. Oh, great. Um, It has to be Miami Miami. for me. Uh, In particular, Dion Waiters, who is such a weird dude. (laughs) Right? Like, um, Like, I honestly don't know much about him at all until I watched that game against Boston. And I was like, okay, like, I'm going to have to watch post-game interviews with this guy now. And so I did. And I was like, what a funny dude. Like, he has such an odd energy. And it's like, he seems really bored. (laughs) Like, he doesn't really want to be there. And it's like, yeah, I, I found him really compelling and interesting. But also, like, I don't think I've come across this kind of energy in the NBA before like kind of like doesn't really care like do you know what I mean I you know I haven't paid that much attention to it it was actually uh, suggested to me that he be a, the dark horse topic but I hadn't okay. I hadn't like no foothold because I really page. haven't been watching Miami even though like I want to uh-huh. I believe I believe in them uh-huh. um but I do feel like he's someone who people who are into him are like kind of obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. I get like the right, sense right, right. that out there in the world there are sort of like Dion Waiters fanatics. Because I think he's quite a polarizing character, just in terms of his like personality. Because he's not very um, warm as mm. a person. Like he's not the kind of guy that you want to like high five or anything. Because <laughs> it's like he's gonna leave you hanging. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but it's not the same kind of like energy that I get from other players that are that I would also describe as not being warm he's kind of just like he doesn't give a fuck about anything like he's he's not content or maybe something. he's a nihilist yeah right maybe <laughs> yeah I don't know it's just like yeah, I haven't waiters. come across that kind of personality before in the NBA and it was like kind of interesting for me but Miami for sure is a team that I think we've both talked about like in previous episodes that we don't really know that much about it and are not following just because they haven't been that interesting and then come that game against Boston and you're just like yo I'm gonna have to swallow all my words yeah. <laughs> immediately it's like really interesting to watch and a big shout out to Eric from Miami keeping it you know, together yeah it's keeping ma- it together magic man 100% Who's wait for him course? to go to OKC um okay so so okay so last week I had sort of an ultra dark horse in Tyler Ewis so this yes time, I mean this is he's not like a so mysterious, but I just wanted to talk about Victor Oladipo mm. um, because Jericho is going to be so happy. Oh, good, good. Well, he's like wonderful, and he, uh, you know, was sort of in Westbrook's shadow. Um, Do you reckon he's going to get most improved? I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I'd have to sort of try to like, yeah. That's. I'd have to look carefully at everyone, I think. Uh-huh. I don't know, like, who's in the running for that kind of thing right now. But, yeah, maybe. He's come up a few I mean, he just seems to have blown up. He's averaging, I think, like, I don't know, 24 points a game yeah. or something like that. And, yeah, a lot of people um, are talking about him. Yeah, yeah. So so just, like, some things about him that I learned. Um, his, his full name, actually, is Kehinde Babatunde Victor Oladipo. Oh, that's beautiful. And he's a twin sister. Where is he from? He, his father is um, Nigerian and his mother is from Sierra Leone. Oh, wow. And he, but he was born in Maryland. Um, and he is this... Like, Did you say he has a twin sister? He has a twin sister. 
named Victoria. Who, oh my god, who I think is, is like his best friend who he loves. So, um, yeah. Oh, that is so cute. I don't know. I, don't know. I can't handle that. And then there's just this. He he's like this really lovely singer. No. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna. Oh my god! Actually, I did come across this once before. Someone did post like point this out to me that he's like got an amazing voice. Okay, just listen to this for a second. Oh, make it louder. Oh my god. Oh, that is not helping my emotional state. I know. It's just, it's, it's so sweet. And apparently he wow. used to, um, this is how he would meet girls, like in high school. Oh. Yes, he would just go up to them and sing to them. Won't and, even need to buy uh, me a drink, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Probably sure. just needs to like. Plus, I think he wasn't old enough to buy. Oh, me a drink. what a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> young man! My so, goodness, so yeah. talented. Oh, I really want him to release some R and B. He has a record. He has a record that came out. Uh, I believe. Uh, I'll send you some stuff. Yeah, okay, so that's that's really wow, all okay. I got. I just kind of wanted Dude, to celebrate. I applaud you for bringing that to my attention. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, it's really wonderful. us to our next segment um which is called extracurricular activities yes this week's extracurricular activities are actually mine <laughs> they're my extracurricular activities oh. <laughs> that are still basketball related are you in the WNBA now? <laughs> um so uh on Tuesday night I went and saw Jay-Z oh great um at Bell Center mm-hmm. and it was an emotional show. It was an emotional concert. Um, I had many feelings about it. He's an older man now, and he, but he still brings it. And it's like kind of wonderful when you see an older man rapping. Mm-hmm. There's something beautiful about it, especially when it's somebody like Jay Z, who's had such an amazing career, and like all his, like so many of his songs have meant things to me at different stages of my life. You know, mm-hmm. and I just had these moments where, I, where he was like singing Hard Knock Life and I just like <laughs> was weeping, you know, because it's like that was a tune that I was like, like obsessed with when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm older now. He's older now. Like there's just like this like fucking like just like heavy shit, you know, like heavy feelings. Um, and then it just, I couldn't stop thinking about him for days afterwards. And then the reason I'm bringing him up now is just like, he's got such a strong connection to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like he was a, a minority owner of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, he, <coughs> I think he bought his shares when they were still in Jersey, mm-hmm. the New Jersey Nets. Which is so funny. And it was him who made the move to Brooklyn. 
And he invested in the oh, um, really? Barclays Center. Oh. He helped kind of like get the Barclays Center off the ground oh, wow. and then made them move to Brooklyn because he's from Brooklyn. That's his whole fucking yeah. thing. Um, and it's just like, he, and he, oh my God, also, get this. This is something I didn't know about until I was doing my research for the pod. Fucking blew my mind. You probably already know this. Everybody probably already knows this, but I did not. Um, he runs an agency for NBA players and other sports stars. Did you know this? No. Yeah. Guess who's in the agency? Uh... Okay. Our, <laughs> <laughs> our friend Kevin Durant is, like, his agent is Jay-Z. Oh, are you serious? I am not joking. Like, I'm not suggesting what? that... Really? Wait, I am not what? suggesting like that this... Jay-Z is, like, like going to oh meetings no, on idea. Kevin's behalf. Yeah. But... Jay-Z runs an agency and it is called, um, hang on, it's called Rock Nation Sports. It's the name of the agency. You can Google this. It's fucking awesome. And so he founded, because he like runs other shit with the Rock Nation um, label, Mm -hmm. but like Rock Nation Sports is like a sports agency. And I guess he's got like a bunch of agents that work for him. And Kevin Durant's on on there. Wilson Chandler from the Nuggets is on there. <laughs> um, Justice Winslow from Miami is also in there. So I'm just kind of like Jay Z is. Oh my god! Just everything. Very and complete. It, it's so I. It's nothing but warm feelings, you know. Nothing but warm feelings. Wow. Um, I do have a another extracurricular activity. Okay. Which will immediately take me into my top five. Okay. So, I wonder whether we should maybe hear your extracurricular experiences. Um, okay, well, mine is kind of a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't know, maybe like a kind of bummer with a bit of black humor. Uh-huh. Um, uh, okay, so Shaq uh, apparently has done like 12,000 hours of training to be a cop. And he is actually like no, no. He's done enough no. so that he's done. He's gone out like in Cleveland, Miami, and Phoenix. No. So this is like I found this super weird. One that it's just like not more known. Um. Two. Like, why? That seems so crazy. And then I started to think about what it would be like to be like pulled over. By Shaq? And then, like, Shaq gets out of the car. And I started wondering if, like, it's not his way of just, like, basically pranking people, right? Wait, 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 wait. Do you think it's political, maybe? I have no idea. I have truly no, no idea. It was, like, I was very shocked. Yeah, Um, I'm really shocked. And, like... It's not like he needs to make money. It's not like he needs a job. No, 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 it's clearly he just is, like... whatever want it's something he just wants to do um so i did think you know probably if shaq's there like you're less likely to get shot or <laughs> just like arrested for no reason that's but what i, I think it just like, God, what like what a weird how does he fit in the squad car but also like <laughs> like it kind of bumps me out i because i really of course like everybody i love shaq Okay, so my other extracurricular activity, which is at the top of the show, I told you that I was feeling really emotional. This is why. 
earlier today I watched the Alan Iverson documentary mm-hmm. and I cried. Um, I'm very late to this documentary. It came out in 2014. I'm very late to it. I've never watched if it. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Okay. Also, I'm very late to this whole situation because like, that was before my time. Yeah. Alan Iverson was before my time. Um, but he's just kind of been popping up a lot, like, and so I was like, I need to know more about this dude. So I watched it. I was weeping. Whoa. Like, A, like, what a dude. Like, wow. Yeah. Also, like, all the shit that he had to go through was crazy. Changed basketball in so many different ways. Just like a really powerful story. A powerful man, powerful story. Um... I don't know if you have any thoughts on him or anything. Or I, I mean, he's before my time. Right. I, d- I didn't, but I mean, I just think he's like the coolest, most beloved <sighs> yeah. basketball player yeah. of all time. It yeah. seems that he's like no, besides like Michael Jordan, like no one is more respected on this level. Right. Just like who's the coolest. I mean, like, and also it made me just go... You know, like, white people just are actually the worst. (laughs) White people, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, puts him in jail for no reason. Like, you know, as a fucking teenager, when he's, like, so close to being in the NBA, he has to go to jail for however many months for something that he didn't even do. And, like, just stuff like that. Like, um, I don't know. I just found the whole thing, like, really, really powerful. And it made me just kind of rethink about the, a lot of the stuff that we talk about when it comes to basketball and like how people are treated in sport and mm-hmm. how, you know, especially black people are treated in sport. Um, really made me think about a lot of that stuff too. And I think he has, he had to endure so much more shit than, than a lot of guys have to deal with today. Yeah. And he also paved the way for a lot of guys to be themselves and to be, and for people to be more accepting of, of different personalities and stuff. And just like, yeah, incredible. Incredibly inspiring, really. So it does coincide with the question of cops. Ex- exactly. <laughs> but yeah. you know, like, Cephalosha had his leg broken by some police just two years ago or something. I mean, really? this is, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he was just, like, attacked by the cops at, I think, a nightclub, and they actually broke his leg. Oh, my God. Yeah, an NBA player. So, yeah, things are... <sighs> it's so fucked up. Things are fucked up, and that's yeah. why... Maybe, yeah, and that's why it was very weird to me that anyone wants to, like, hang out with these people. I could just hope that, like... I think for Shaq it's political. I think he wants to make things better. Because he's quite outspoken about it, you know? Maybe, maybe he's just there to um, make sure no one gets shot. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like, the Ellen Iverson thing takes me into our top five for the week, Mm -hmm. which is top five best-dressed, off-the-court people. Players, mm-hmm. you know, best best style, if you will. Yeah, I loved this task. <laughs> I like that. This was like probably one of my best favorite tasks that we've had to do for the podcast so far. Okay. I had the best time. So much fun. Like for me, it's more of a top ten. Okay, just have to do be five. <laughs> like I, I can't. Like it's just like I, I I'm too excited. Um, but anyway, like Alan Iverson is my number one. Okay. For style. Because I think without him, we wouldn't have the creative expression that we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, with people being able to have a lot of tattoos and stuff. Like, he was mm-hmm. kind of the first player to really do that. Mm-hmm. 
So he's my number one. You know, can't can't argue with that. Mm. I want to have a little disclaimer. I have not included Mr. Westbrook in my top five slash top ten, just because for me it's almost like when we did our coaches and I didn't include pop because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like obviously he's the most stylish like it's just like a clear-cut thing for me so like I didn't include him um other people that stood out to me I have a ton of honorable mentions but I'm not going to go through all of them because we have a busy episode this week but like um I'm just like I've got so much on my mind Cynthia <laughs> Um, okay, so it's Alan Iverson, number one. Number two is D'Angelo Russell. Oh. I think that kid has got a modeling career ahead of him. Uh-huh. Um, if things don't work out for him in the NBA, which but he's doing all right. He can play basketball, but like if for some reason it doesn't work out, he has a modeling career. He's a very stylish person. Mm-hmm. ton of charisma. The way he carries himself is really magnetic. I'm really into it. Um Obviously, King James is going to be in my top five. Mm-hmm. There's just no way he's not going to make it. He's in all your lists. Always. Always. Yeah. Except for most underrated. <laughs> he didn't make it. That's true. <laughs> okay. Um, number four is Dwayne Wade. Because I think he's just actually one of the most stylish people in the league. Like, yeah. hands down. Um, <clears throat> number five is Serge Ibaka. Yeah. He's is. like more of a European vibe. Like, he's like... He wears a lot of Louis Vuitton. He mm-hmm. wears like a lot of um, <clears throat> suits and like dress pants. Yeah. He doesn't wear a lot of street clothing unless it's velour. <laughs> oh, like tracksuits? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like he'll wear like a <laughs> yeah. full velour tracksuit, yeah. which I'm also into. And it's like yeah. usually quite tight, which is really cool. Um, everything is extremely coordinated with him. He doesn't have a stylist. He doesn't need a stylist. He's European. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. He's not European, but he played in Europe for a long time and I think it rubbed off. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I think that's uh-huh. what happened. Anyway, so he's in there. Just I'm gonna just have a couple of honorable mentions. I'm not gonna go through all of them. Um, we don't even have to talk to them, but they're just like there's so many. Tristan Thompson does get in there. He is very stylish. I know we don't like his girlfriend, but he is extremely stylish. Mm-hmm. Iman Shumpert, I don't he I don't have to say any more than that. Like he is just himself, and it shines. Um, Two euro for me. Oh, I can vibe with that up and I know, down. I know. It's because he lived in London. For me, I'm just like, what? Take that off. <laughs> I vibe with it so hard. Like, for me, it's like very avant-garde almost. Mm-hmm. It's like we're not ready for him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true, I'm not. Damari Carroll, I like. He's got a bit of a kitsch vibe, but I'm into it. Demar DeRozan. Both Demar DeRozan and Ben Simmons are in there, mainly just because they are models. I just, I don't know what else to say. Like, they can put on anything and they'll still shine. Like, you right, know how right, you get right. some people who are just, like, natural fashionistas without even trying. Like, they just walk in a room, they can wear anything, and they're still high fashion. Yes. To me, that's Demar DeRozan and Ben Simmons. There's, like, just that confidence, that charisma, that, like, attitude is high fashion. I'm, like, I don't, I, I actually can't. don't really know how to mind the rose and dresses. I'll have to look it's it up. very low key, but my goodness, it's just like the way he carries it. It's like, I want that look. I want to wear this. I want to wear it right now. In fact, my entire winter sort of style vibe is loosely demoralized and mm. orientated. Nice. Like, nice. Yeah. Um, what you got? Okay. They're not really in order. Hmm. I I, th- I thought about the Westbrook question, about mm. leaving him out for the reason that it's so obvious. But then I didn't, because, like, I think, actually, 
because he, what he represents is like something so key about how fashion works, mm-hmm. um, which is that like periodically there are these like transcendent figures like Bowie or something. Like yeah. Westbrook is like Bowie or I don't know. Like he just, he, he because it's not about like, oh, these things objectively look good. It's just that he has this way of carrying like everything with this like total conviction and you are always surprised and it's like it's never wrong because he just completely believes in it which is this very rare um capacity and you can't you can't like translate it you can't no one can be like oh i'm gonna dress like that it won't work you have to just kind of like be this person because sort of like embody this thing he's an artist and i think it's really interesting yeah he's an artist um i just yeah, he's sort of, and, and the way that he actually will just, like, do anything, like, completely, even though, and it's funny because I said, like, like, Iman Shumpert to me is, like, a figure who sort of may wear similar things, but, kind of but I feel like off, for yeah. him it's more, like, it's somehow doesn't work in quite the same way. Mm. Um, but anyway, okay, so then this is, like, the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, Kenny Smith from Inside the NBA Oh. Because I wanted to have a range of ages. Of course. And oh, I, I feel like that. every single time I've ever that. seen him, I'm like, he looks really good. Like his, everything fits perfectly. Often it's quite kind of Brooks Brotherish or whatever, but you know, whether he's wearing like a pink jacket with a <laughs> yeah. lavender shirt or like a navy pinstripe, it's always just like impeccable. Yeah. Fits him perfectly. Yeah. And just looks like so tight and perfect. Um, I also have D. Wade because I, I feel like he has this... Mm. What's interesting, I think, is that he wears all these in, very, like, um, kind of audacious clothes, but he always looks so comfortable and kind of... Ele- I mean, he's the most... I always say this, but he's so elegant. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, has this whole array of ways that he dresses. But he also manages to do this thing that's quite unusual, which is um, he never seems, like, off... Uh, age-wise you know he's in his mid-30s and it's like a lot of times he's when people try to wear something kind of like daring they end up looking like they're like dressing for another generation yeah. or something and he never he just always looks he can, he combines things like just so well and so it's always kind of like surprising but it seems very um yeah never seems like he's trying too hard <clears throat> did you see that look he did I think it was when he was still playing with LeBron in Miami. He had this one look, which is iconic. It was all orange. Have you seen photos of that? Uh, probably. I don't remember. Just do yourself a favor. Google it when you get home. Okay. It's wonderful. It's like orange trousers, orange shirt with an orange oh, jumper yeah, I think I did it. see that. And yeah. an orange tie. Yeah. It's like yeah. block orange. And I'm just like, no one in the world would be able to pull that off except for Dwayne Wade. It's just like a very iconic look. And I was really down with it. Yeah. And he never looks like, he, again, he's like very different from Westbrook or something. He wear like something kind of strange, but he always seems mm. so relaxed. Mm. Whereas yes. with Westbrook, it's like, I'm wearing this. Yes. <laughs> and you're just yes. like, <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I have, uh, actually I have Oladipo. Interesting. Again, because um, I noticed something which was like, okay, draft night fashion this last year got very drab compared to the year before. Uh A lot of gray. It's like, you don't need, you know, gray suits are for the bank. Like, that's boring. (laughs) 
so I love brightly colored suits. Mm-hmm. So Oladipo, he was her. He was on the sidelines last night, um, wearing like a purple suit with a purple satin shirt under it, and mm. it was like it was just beautiful. Mm. Like it just looked incredible. On I him. remember and that it was actually. Really gorgeous, and and um, you know I love that that like pe- someone they show up to watch their team and they just like put on this incredibly gorgeous outfit. So um, I respect that. And then I have to say Jalen Brown. Um, Interesting choice. Think, well, everything he wears, whether it's just like T-shirts or a suit, it's always impeccable. He uh-huh. just has like very good taste, kind of in this like way of just like good taste. Like classic. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also the, the main thing is that he um, started wearing like shorter, tighter shorts. Not to sound like a perv, yeah. but he did it because, like, he he, um, he said he, he played better. So he started in high school, and so there's been so he came into the league and sort of wearing shorter, tighter shorts. It's mm-hmm. kind of a thing. You see that there are more players doing that. I just mm-hmm. think it looks so much better because it's like that style of like big baggy <laughs> pants uh-huh. is way over. Okay. Also, you don't need a bunch of like stuff like swinging around. Your legs, it's not the 90s anymore. Like, move on, dude. I feel it's like, like swimming yeah. in a dress. You know what I mean? Streamline yeah. that shit. There's a reason why basketball shorts were short. Okay. To begin with. I, I think this is something you feel very strongly about. Really you is. have mentioned this to me before when it was like just every time we talk. No, and I really respect <laughs> that. It is something we don't agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't respect it. I don't agree. I personally like the aesthetic of the of the baggy short. I'm obviously not going to complain if I see more skin, obviously. But I like the aesthetic. I like the tights of the shorts, and the, I like the whole thing. I, I know, like it. I know, I know. It makes me look like they're from the future. I know, like warriors from the future. I feel like they look like they're yeah in a chastity cult, which is <laughs> also something I would like to be involved in. <laughs> Okay, so we have a special topic tonight, a very dear to my heart topic. Um, the topic is Bo Estes, or maybe it's Estes, I don't know. Anyway, he's also known as the goat mentator um, to a sort of select group of connoisseurs who exist in various crevices of the internet. and. Um, I uh, discovered him. Everyone has sort of weird things that they do when no one's around. Innocent things. <laughs> I mean, people do all kinds of things. Anyway, one of my things was to listen to the top 10 over and over and over because this person was so funny. And then I was like, who is this person? And then you, you do that. You so I'm on the wait, internet. Wait, does he do the NBA top 10? NBA top 10. Top 10 plays. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Okay, I get so, it. so yeah, this person. Cool. So I've often that's just really listened cool. to these over and over. Yeah. Um, so we have a special guest tonight to talk about Bo Estes, uh, Canada Research Chair in Poetics, Nathan Brown, to give us a kind of analysis of uh, Bo Estes. Awesome. Welcome, Nathan. Thanks. Well, I take it that I'm here because Cynthia on the internet declared Bo Estes our greatest living poet. Uh-huh. Correct. Correct. Uh-huh. So I was invited in to offer some kind of, I don't know, rhetorical poetic analysis of his, of his techniques. Uh-huh. So that's what I hope to provide. Oh, wonderful! Well, it's a, it's a privilege to have you. <laughs> Indeed, it's it a, is. It's Indeed a privilege to be here and to talk about Boestes. Now, I have to say to begin, you know, I'm not as familiar with all of Boestes' work as Cynthia is, Mm -hmm. but I would not go so far as to say that he's our greatest living poet. I think that honor goes to maybe Kamel Brathwaite, but I do think he's probably in the top five. In the (laughs) top five, okay, good, good. You know, like (laughs) Kamel Brathwaite, Michael Palmer, I don't know, uh, Lisa Robertson, Nathaniel Mackey, Bo Estes. What is so, it about it that you like so much, Cynthia? Um, well, uh, I mean, he's so clever and so funny, and then he draws these phrases out sort of forever. So the first time I really took notice of him, um, I think someone was dunking on John Wall, and he I forget who it was, and he said, John was baptized. <laughs> and he always just brings in all these sort of like great uh, references from all over the place, and then he draws the phrases out sort of endlessly. Well, I think we should start by thinking about the top 10 in itself as a poetic form. Mm -hmm. Clearly, we're dealing with a numerical constraint. Uh, We're dealing with an organized formal system, right? And if you think about it, each number in the top 10 is a little bit like a poetic stanza. That is, it's it's a kind of organizational group, but then within it, you have some room to to maneuver. And I think the Boestes... um, so the first thing that jumps out in terms of his technique poetically is obviously the use of rhyme to which he's extremely committed like Baudelaire you know Boestes clearly <laughs> believes that like poetry is constitutively like a rhyming form so he's not a free verse poet however there is a lot of rhythmic and metrical variation within the stanza in his work you know so he's not a free verse poet in the sense that he's completely attached to rhyme but on the other hand he doesn't stick with any set meter within the use of rhyme Mm -hmm. i mean he's really a master of slant rhyme on the one hand off rhyme and internal rhyme so that often you know you'll get a simple rhyme uh like um jabari on safari so on the one hand (laughs) You get a rhyme that sort of will come back to this. It is a metaphor, and it's a very simple rhyme. But on the other hand, you'll get the repetition of rhymes like within sentence units, you know, and across what could be lines in a in a poem. So he's he uses a lot of internal and slant rhyme, like Emily Dickinson. Actually, he's a kind of master of the slant mm. rhyme. Um, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. That's that's Bo Estes. Mm. <laughs> then let's do an analysis of his rhetoric. So for one thing, obviously, the use of hyperbole is very central to his technique. However, (laughs) he doesn't just exaggerate. He's a master of hyperbole insofar as his hyperbole always contains a lot of implicit content. So, for example, let's consider the the example of, um, he says, DeMar DeRozan spinning like a drill bit. 
Okay, so that's <laughs> that's a simile. But let's pause and think about how that works to really tease out the genius of Valestes. So it doesn't just mean that the Mar de Rosen is spinning quickly and precisely like a drill bit does. It also implies that he's boring through the defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, so he just gets so this is this is the essence of his poetic style. Yeah. You're working with a constraint based form like the top ten, where everything has to be very compressed. And he deploys rhyme, simile, and metaphor to get all of this content into what he's saying, which yeah. is operating at the level of implication. Yeah, that's really cool. Let's take another example. So if we go back to uh, Jabari on Safari. Okay, it's just a nice little rhyme. It's hilarious. Jabari on Safari. Okay, so obviously Jabari is charging to the to the rim like a like elegantly like a gazelle or in an aggressive manner like a lion hunting down its prey something but consider the fact that on safari could also refer to the person who's watching the animal mm-hmm. yeah like a relaxed exactly activity. exactly yeah. so now we get the sense that jabari both is the one hunting the prey and the mm. one sort of sitting back and watching the hunt take place yeah. as whitman puts it both in and out of the game both watching and wondering at it <laughs> so that Jabari is at once the one playing the game, but then so relaxed and at ease that it's as though he's on the sideline watching himself. Oh, yeah, I really like that. Yeah. One more example. That's a metaphor, but then uh, a sort of strange rhetorical figure. He says, Giannis gets obscene on two men in green. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, the Celtics. <laughs> so gets obscene. It's like, okay, it's obscene because it's like, it's just too much. You can't even watch it, right? Uh-huh. It's just like, it's too, it's disturbing how good he is and you can't bear to observe it. And, but then the, like the light implication of two men in green, of course, on a banal level, that's just the color of the uniform, fine. But it also indicates a sort of dimension of like illness, you know, as if they're right. like, as if it's like the, the hopelessness, the futility of playing against Giannis is mm. like making them green. You right. Know? So it's just right. at the level of like implication, you can overread these things, but he's obviously doing these kinds of things on purpose, but not at the level really of like conscious intention. He's just a genius. It's his particular. Do you think, like, he, studied, do you think he studied poetry? Probably not. He's just a natural, as they say. That's really cool. Well, I did find this very curious little crumb, uh, which was someone wrote, you know, a little vaguely like literary sort of journalistic piece on how much they would love to do the top 10. And um, I forget who it was, and they clearly didn't have the chops anyway. But there was one comment at the bottom from someone who went to college with Bo Estes who said he always really knew the grammar was like, I went to college. Oh, there you go. So that was kind of interesting, because I, I do feel like you can tell that he has, I mean, he's very quick, and he's like read a lot, and he's bringing in so many things all the time, and you do feel like he has this this just sort of ironclad yeah. grasp of just like the, the mechanics of the language. And then um, it's sort of interesting, because he's like, you know, internationally, he's like the most obscure famous person so there so i found articles in like polish and turkish and french um people are like obsessed with him people who are obsessed with him are really obsessed with him i say you know do you think he knows this yes yeah but i also think this is um very silly this is but but hey this is something we do on soft in the paint i'm going to say that he's either a gemini with scorpio rising or a scorpio with gemini rising oh interesting he's very there's something a bit secretive right like uh-huh. there's no bo estes wikipedia there's no uh-huh. you have to kind of like 
look for him and he he's a bit he pops up like here and there he also um, creates that by use by the way he uses language too and his voice that's where he uses his voice is kind of like well i have no opinion on these matters of Right, right, right. I this know. is this outside is, the field yeah. of, of the science of poetics. So right. Yeah. This is this is not. Yeah, I don't speak for the Center for Expanded Poetics when I uh, speculate about whether he's a Scorpio, um, but he is a bit secretive. I think I know that he uh, lives in Georgia, um, likes UNC, um, coaches his nephew. But you know, he's not. It's it's not that obvious who he is. But there are people who are. Do you know what he looks him. like? Yeah, he looks very normal. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's like kind of just like, like a kind of like a dad. Yeah, kind of like I'd say he's maybe. Yeah, he looks like a normal person. So interesting. Short brown hair. Um, uh, he. So, so okay, so the other thing is he hasn't been doing it as much lately. And one of the things that's kind of funny is if you go to, like, NBA Top 10 on YouTube, the comments are just people like myself who are grieving every time they go to listen to the Top 10. And, I mean, no offense against the other people who do it, but, like, you can't give us Boesties and then just give us someone who's going to be like, and then move it in for the win. You know right, what I mean? Right. You gotta like, it's just unbearable. It's unbearable. Yeah. I can barely watch them anymore. And, I'm, and there are a lot of people who are very upset. Um, so I just want to say we all want him to do the top 10, at least as much as he was doing it last year. Another thing I've learned um, is that, so I always wondered about this. He does, he comes up with the rhymes like very quickly. Because this always amazes me. I feel like it would take me a week mm. to... No, he would have, like, what, like, five hours, maybe? No, not, like, a few minutes. Oh, shit. He just, like... I read about this. He spends five minutes. Yeah. He gets the top ten, and then he spends five minutes figuring out what he's going to say. So it's almost improvisatory. Mm-mm. It's akin to a kind of automatic writing. Love it. Yeah. Also, we note that he's an oral poet. Yes. There's right, no written dimension. Right, he takes us right. back to the classical origins of poetry in the Homeric tradition. Yeah. And also, it's also popular, like the Homeric tradition. Exactly. It's for the people. That's right. It's easy to remember. Yeah. I, I do have a creative goal for him, uh, which is that he um, have like a battle with somebody. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm not the only person who said this. Someone on some thread somewhere also said it. But, you know, give like, let's say, I don't know, Damien Lillard... Um, huh. a top 10 and give him 10 minutes. Mm, Although I think maybe somebody else yeah. would be better. Someone who's yeah, more yeah, like yeah, into yeah. battling and yeah. then just see what that happens. Really interesting. You know? Yeah. Well, he would win. He, he would, would win. win. Yeah. But it would master. be, it would be kind of amazing to like, yeah, get, I would love I to know. see something like that. That'd be so cool. So I'm trying to sort of, yeah, if you think of like the right person, um, mm. you know, I think we should do everything in our power to make that happen. Yeah, Boesties, what a genius. As one person said on one of these like long threads where people late at night just talk about how much they love Boesties, he's a national treasure. I agree with that. That was amazing. Um, thank you so much, Nathan, for your input. That, that was, was really wonderful.
So, babe, do you have any games that you're looking forward to this week? Uh, I. This is something you always forget. I want to see the Celtics play yes. the Seventy Sixers. Yes, me too. Me too. Um, yeah. I want to see the Cavs play the Seventy Sixers. Yeah, me too. This is tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a busy day. We've got Cleveland playing the Seventy Sixers, and then we've got Detroit playing Boston, which will be interesting too. Yes, that would be interesting. So. I don't know how much Celtics I can watch in one week. But... No, no, me neither. Um, just one final thing I want to say. As I was doing my best dressed people, yeah, I realized pretty quickly that the East Coast is way better dressed than the West Coast. Uh, just going to leave it no there. No surprise there. Man. Just going to leave it there. That's how it is in real life. Mm. Um, okay, well, that was lovely. Thank you so much for a wonderful... Cheers. That was an extra special episode. Extra um, special. With a special... Thanks for being with wonderful us guest um i learned so much and i like i'm actually being 100 serious um and i really appreciate your time and energy and much love going forward this week guys see you next week yes see you next week